It's the rant. My name is Jeff Rackham. It is Thursday, October 8th, Thursday night football. But of course, things didn't get quite better in the NFL on the COVID front, so we will uh, give you an update there. Also have some fun news, some good news, I guess, in the NFL. Exciting news uh, for one particular young player in the league and we're breaking down wide receiver cornerback matchups for you. Upgrades and downgrades for the week because it's Thursday and that's what we freaking do. But let me tell you about our sponsor. That's another thing we do at the beginning of each show. Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there's no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks. And that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. <laughs> Monkey Knife Fight has, yeah, I know that was creepy. Monkey Knife Fight has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, esports, and football. I promise I won't do it again. Monkeyknifefight.com has it all. And you know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? A free $5 game for you just for signing up. And, of course, if you use that promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports, sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. It is a pretty cool game, I tell you that. It's definitely different. Uh, than you know traditional DFS, so I, I think if you're thinking like, hey, it's DFS, no, it's it's not the same thing. It's a daily fantasy game for sure, so it falls under that. But you you know, I know a lot of people think of like salary cap. That's not what we're talking about here. Also, shout out the monkey knife fight because they sent me a monkey knife bobblehead, <laughs> which. I don't know. I don't know what this says about my parenting skills, but it is one of my daughter's favorite things, and she's three and a half years old. It's like it's a little bobblehead with a monkey with knives up in the air. But hey, anyway, I like it. She likes it. It's all good. Use the promo code rant, and that'll uh, that'll hook you up there, and it'll hook us up too. It'll it helps everybody. Hooks you up though with that uh, deposit match. Anyway, let's talk about the COVID stuff. So Tennessee Titans are not out of the woods. Additional positive tests today. Yet again, we are up over 20. I don't have enough fingers and toes to count how many positive tests there have been in this organization. Uh, that does put this week in jeopardy. And there's a lot to unpack here. So kind of I'm going to do it bit by bit. But the first bit is whether or not they will actually play the Buffalo Bills this week in week five. So here's the deal. They're not going to play on Sunday. I mean, it's not as of when I'm recording this on Thursday afternoon. It is not official yet, but it's doubtful. And we know in the NFL that doubtful means it's not going to happen. So it's not going to happen. It could happen on Monday or Tuesday. Diana Rossini did actually tweet out uh, that information earlier today. I could see that, but I don't think it's going to happen. And this is me speculating, just be, you know, somebody who knows the league. I don't see it happening. The NFL wants it to happen. They absolutely do, but I don't see it happening. So if it doesn't happen by Tuesday, it is no longer week five. And now we have a problem because the Titans have already had their bye week. Buffalo will be just fine, but the Titans will have a problem. And by the way, if they do actually have it on Monday or Tuesday, 
Buffalo's game next week is on Thursday, so that would have to get moved back to Saturday. So a lot of moving parts there. I don't think it necessarily happens. That's my personal take. That is not me reporting anything. And if it doesn't happen, there are two options on the table. One of them is a forfeit. The NFL does not want that to happen. Regardless of how stupid Tennessee has been during this, they do not want that to happen. The NFL wants every team to play all 16 games. And this ain't just about the integrity of the league. We know what runs the world. It's freaking money. This comes down to money. If the NFL doesn't play this game, CBS paid them a buttload, technical term, a buttload of money for this game. Every single NFL game is extremely valuable to these you know, television networks. I work for CBS. I know. <laughs> it is extremely valuable. So that would be a problem. I think there are two options, though. As I said, forfeit, highly unlikely. Second option, week 18. And I talked to Adam Kaplan on my Sirius XM show. Of course, Adam knows the league. He's an NFL insider. And, I, you know, I asked him flat out, what what's the, the path here? And he said that 18 could happen. Now, of course, could happen is just him speculating. It's not him reporting. We don't know. We're not even to the point where week five isn't happening yet. But I will say that if it does happen, well, it's not the worst case scenario. The league does have contingency plans to push back the playoffs, to push back the Super Bowl, all of that. They have contingency plans in place. They don't want to use them, but they could. Certainly on the table. So that's what's going on there. The Titans are screwed beyond that because the NFL is investigating and it's not only that they broke protocol and there was one informal workout. It sounds like there were multiple informal workouts. Like they are screwed. So that's going to happen. Uh, wait, wait on that. The NFL is also investigating the Patriots. I don't think they're going to find much there because the Patriots now, you know, another day of uh, negative tests, you know, hopefully we don't hear any change there. Another day of negative tests for the Chiefs. Another day, day of negative tests for the Raiders. So we're at least in a good spot there. I'm going to tell you this, though, as an aside, and this really deals with fantasy leagues unto themselves. If you're a commissioner right now and you didn't put anything in place, I feel for you. Like, if you didn't put anything in place for this to happen, I really feel for you because I know you're getting barraged with emails, text messages, whatever. And typically, most of them are probably not that nice. The best thing you can potentially do here, you know, is is ultimately you pose a vote. So that way you let everybody else figure it the F out. But if you're going to pose a vote, don't do it open-ended. Give them a, either we're doing this or we're doing this type vote. And, you know, cooler heads will ultimately prevail because if you vote, you vote and it's done. And in this instance here, I honestly think if the player is not on the COVID-19 list, so for example, Corey Davis is on the COVID-19 list, and I'm in a league where we are able to move COVID reserve, COVID-19 list players to injured reserve. So I was able to do that. But for example, Ryan Tannehill is not on that list, so we wouldn't be able to move him. Essentially, it's you're running the risk of this is what's happening this season, these are the breaks, this is, this is ultimately... Everybody's playing on a level playing field. I mean, you know, we all have this potential to happen to any one of our fantasy football teams. 
So just realize that and, you know, obviously presenting that to the league as is. At the same time, if you're on the other side, you're not a commissioner, don't freaking give your commissioner a hard time. Don't like if you lost Derrick Henry this week again. All right, fine. That stinks. It's the same thing. The person who lost Saquon Barkley, like they lost him for the whole darn season. You just lose Derrick Henry for a couple weeks. Don't give a hard time. Don't cry. Don't whine. I'm taking my ball and going home. I'm going to trade my entire roster. I'll show you. Because the only thing that ends up happening there is you look like a ding-dong, right? And then a couple months later, you feel like a ding-dong if you're if you're a normal human being and not a psychopath because you realize, yeah, I probably should have just chilled the F out, right? So just chill the F out and realize we're all here. We're all dealing with the same crap, right? It stinks, but it is what it is. Anyway, good news for Justin Herbert. He was the player who I mentioned at the top of the show. He will be the starter going forward. That did not take long. I, I thought Tua would be the first one, but obviously circumstances there. And, you know, let's be clear, the coaching staff is do, coaching staffs do not want this to happen. They do not want a player to get hurt and lose his job. But Justin Herbert forced their hand. This kid is their, he's their future. And he's off to a good start. Now, I, I'm not going to say this dude's going to be a rock star forever. Right? I'm not going to say that. But he's certainly looking pretty good out of the gate. He's a quarterback two-plus going forward. There are going to be weeks where we're going to be streaming or getting Justin Herbert in our starting lineups. Faux show. Uh, to Rod Taylor, it's a crappy situation. And there's going to be a legal issue here for Terod Taylor because let's be clear about this. He knew... He was not going to be the starter, you'd have to figure, beyond this year. But he also knew that this year was a great year for him to audition for a contract for next year, and he's not going to have that opportunity now. There's a legal issue there. But anyway, that's where we stand with all of that. So let's dive into the wide receiver cornerback matchups here for week five, of course, the wide receiver cornerback matchups tool over at FTNFantasy.com. You can go check that out right now. It is fully updated, including the Stefan Gilmore news, all that fun stuff. Uh, but it's um, is a really great resource. And what I love about it the most is, is being able to sort by the matchup column. So I'll be honest, at my former employer, we had the matchup column. This is something that we dreamed up long ago. You know, this tool was really the product of a couple people, but, you know, Mike Clay, myself, uh, there was a, another former PFF employer long, or employee long ago, PFF fantasy employee uh, named Ross Miles. And it was really the, like the three of us who had talked about, like, can we do this? And we, we figured out a way to make it work. It was a rough go, at least initially, and we finally figured out how to do it. And um, we've been doing it ever since. But that matchup column was initially, you know, really was basic. And then we added some different things to jazz it up. But I never felt like it did the matchup justice. And so this year, now that I'm I'm on my own, well, not really. I'm with FTN. There's there, there's a lot of people at FTN. But I'm, I'm out under the umbrella of PFF. I was able to kind of really take a look at it and say, hey, this has never really worked. Let's make it work, right? And so we're doing that. And it works. And I really love the matchup column because what we're doing is really taking into account not only a matchup, but the skill level of the receiver. So, hey, you have a very skilled receiver like Tyreek Hill a couple weeks ago in a really not-so-good matchup, but he's still Tyreek. The matchup 
rating was about an average rating. Anything between 40 and 60 is an average rating, and it's a 0 to 100 scale. 100 is the best. It's pretty simple. You know, things don't have to be complicated, right? Anyway, go check it out, FTNFantasy.com, and that's where I get a lot of this information, including some research as well. But in terms of some upgrades this week, I do like DeAndre Hopkins against the Jets. I think a week of healing up is going to do him good. I think he's going to be back to his regular self, and I love this matchup, especially when he goes against Bless on Austin. He's really struggled. He's allowed a 67% catch rate so far this season, so Hopkins should have no problem. I think Calvin Ridley bounces back this week. I don't know. I don't know if Julio Jones plays. I, I don't think he does. I mean, if I was a betting man, which I happen to be, and you said... Minus 110 on either side, he plays or he doesn't play. I'm going to I'm gonna say he doesn't play, <laughs> all right? That's where I am on that one. But I do think Ridley bounces back. It's partially the matchup. It's another week of healing for him. That was a tough matchup last week, and he was hurt. And now you look at it, Carolina Corners allowing a 69% catch rate. That's pretty nice right there. It's nice for Ridley. Four touchdowns allowed by Panthers Corners so far this season. It's really a good matchup all around there. That's a sneaky team to stack up in DFS. Uh, actually, yesterday, I don't know if you saw this on social media, at Jeff Ratcliffe, I was able to uh, get into a cage match with Al Zeidenfeld, Smizzle. Uh, Al is a Millie maker winner uh, and an all-around cool guy. And uh, I was tempted to go that route. He ended up going that route a little bit and getting in on uh, – you know, on the Atlanta side. So I think that's a sneaky play right there. That was a lot of fun, though. There's a whole YouTube video on it, hour-long video. If you want to check that out, I did tweet it out. Anyway, and I'm sure Al would appreciate that, too. Um, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson on the other side of that matchup. Of course, we know we're going to pick on the Falcons. I think DJ Moore is the better play still, and it's really it really comes down to a usage thing. Robbie Anderson has definitely been the darling of fantasy football here to get out of the gate. And I agree, you know, there's a lot more there than what we had initially thought. And this is going to continue, but there's a DJ Moore breakout game brewing. I do like it to happen this week, especially when he's up against Isaiah Oliver. He's been heavily targeted this season. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Do you really need a reason to start these guys at this point? I mean, Lockett, okay, last week wasn't that good. But Lockett's matchup is the better matchup here. When he's in the slot, he's going to go up against Jeff Gladney. And I think... You know, it's tough for rookie cornerbacks in the NFL. It really is. Every so often, you'll get a guy who comes out and, and you know, gets it immediately. But there's a learning curve, a pretty steep one for a lot of these guys. And just because they struggle when they're young doesn't mean they can't turn a corner. I think Tampa is a prime example of that. When you look at, you know, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, these guys have really turned a corner. And they, they struggled out of the gate. So... That could be Gladney. I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to throw in the towel on Gladney just yet, but I am going to pick on him for fantasy right now. He's allowing 16.5 yards per catch uh, right there. So, of, of course, both of those guys get an upgrade. I do like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson uh, up against Seattle. So the advanced DVP tool, so defense versus position, we have it for wide receivers at FTN. And that tool has Seattle as the number one matchup for left wide receivers and slot wide receivers. So Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. I actually really am high on Justin Jefferson this week. I moved him all the way up to 24 in my recent rankings update. Uh, rankings changed throughout the course of the week. 
I do think Amari Cooper sees a shadow, so it's not really a good matchup for him. I mean, you're still playing him because he's one of the the top fantasy receivers right now, so it's season long, yeah. But in DFS, here's how I'm looking at this thing. He's going to see a shadow from James Bradbury. So where is the best matchup on the field? And really, I think it's out of the slot. Uh, Darnay Holmes is covering the slot for the Giants. Uh, so yeah, not a household name by any means. 75% of his... Targets have been caught this season, so yeah, give me some C.D. Lamb this week, upgrade there. And I love the other side for Darius Slayton. He's very volatile, and don't get too cute in season long. He's a wide receiver three in season long, but I love getting a piece of him uh, in DFS for sure. Justin Herbert, who I talked about earlier, loves himself some Keenan Allen, and I love myself some of Keenan Allen's matchup this week. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Well... He covers the slot. He's allowed a touchdown in two of his last three games. And then, hey, if the game does happen, I do like the matchup for Stephon Diggs. Jonathan Joseph, veteran, uh, definitely past his expiration date in the NFL. He's allowed, he allowed two, two receiving scores in his last outing. That was back in week three. In terms of the downgrades, I think Allen Robinson is a bit of a downgrade tonight. Not enough to fade him in season long. Please don't do that to yourself. But enough for me to take – well. <laughs> His receiving prop for, for receptions is six and a half. That's a big number. So I did take the under on that. And I'm going to fade him in the showdown slate. However, you know, here's the deal. Carlton Davis, who I just talked about, he's been shadowing. He shadowed twice this season, week one against Michael Thomas, week four against Keenan Allen. Did a nice job in both of those games. So he's going to be enough of a damper on Allen Robinson that, you know, caps that upside. Again, don't overthink this thing for season long. Please don't do that to yourself. Same thing with Odell Beckham Jr. He's still a wide receiver too, but the matchup against the Colts, not the best matchup. Xavier Rhodes having a bit of a renaissance. 44% catch rate for the veteran corner. Mike Evans on the other side of this matchup tonight. No Chris Godwin is a good thing, but that Bears secondary is pretty good. So it's like one one balances out the other. He's a back-end wide receiver uh, one for me. Rank him at 12. DJ Shark versus Houston. Yeah, Houston is reeling from the Bill O'Brien stuff, but I still think they're going to continue to use Bradley Roby as a shadow. Now, he did allow a touchdown to Adam Thielen last week, but that being said, he's been pretty good overall, so it puts a little bit of a damper on DJ Shark from an upside standpoint. Not going to use him in DFS, but obviously still using him. He's an every week start in uh, season long at this point. Uh, same thing with Terry McLaurin. Every week start in season long, but here's the thing. So I expect a shadow for Jalen Ramsey, and I'll tell you, I don't know this for certain when I go do this research, but I'm not just shooting from the hip. What I'm doing here is reading what teams have done historically and then using that to predict whether or not a shadow is going to happen. So usually there's two kind of telltale things. First thing is if the receiver is a slot receiver, it's very rare for teams to use shadow coverage on a slot receiver I'm not saying it never happens, but a lot of teams will not do that. They'll just keep that, you know, they'll have the guy on the outside shadow. And and especially if it's somebody who lines up like 40, 50, 60% of the time in the slot, that, that, that player's not going to get a shadow in most instances, even if he is the best receiver on his team. The other telltale is if you have two legit guys, two legit, John Brown, Stephon Diggs. Remember when they faced the Rams, I said, I don't think that Diggs is shadowed by Ramsey because if they do, John Brown's going to destroy them. So, the, And I was right. They did not shadow. However, here's the other telltale. If you only have one guy, he's going to get a shadow. 
if you have a team like the Rams who use shadow coverage. Terry McLaurin is going to get a shadow, but he showed us last week, don't fade him in season long. Uh, Tyler Boyd. He faces the Ravens. Don't overthink this one. He's Tyler Boyd's range. Like I rank players within a range, basically. Tyler Boyd's range this week or any given week is mid-range wide receiver two to mid-range wide receiver three. He's at the bottom end of that range, but he's still a startable player in season-long fantasy football. Obviously, not maybe the most optimal in DFS. Uh, I think Devontae Parker sees a shadow this week from Jason Verrett. With Richard Sherman banged up, they used uh, Jason Verrett in shadow coverage last week, so I think that's in store for Parker. Heavy volume for him still, but that is a tough matchup. He's still a wide receiver, too, in season-long. Greg Ward can't use him in season-long this week against the Steelers. And then if A.J. Brown manages to play, I would expect him to be back on the field if this game somehow happens. Now, Tredavious White is banged up, but he would be the likely shadow here. If he's able to play, if the game actually happens, if, 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 then there you go. So some upgrades and downgrades for you. If you want the write-up, it's over at ftndaily.com. And over at ftnbets.com, we just released it today. It's no longer an article. It's a tool. My player prop bets for every game. So Thursday's games are up at ftnbets.com right now. And since we're a quarter of the way into the NFL season, we dropped the price for FTN Bets football subscription by 25%. So if you want to get in now for the rest of the season, you can do that and use the promo code RATPACK to get an additional 10% off of that price. So it's not 35% off the original. It's 25% off the original and then 10% off of that. But whatever. It's still money off. <laughs> promo code RATPACK. And that thing's freaking awesome. This has been a dream of mine for a long time to get this this tool up and running. Uh, I am so stoked that it's there. You can search. So if you only wanted to bet on like Mike Evans tonight or Keyshawn Vaughn or whatever, you can just search those guys out and find the bet that I like and the book that it's on. So awesome. So awesome. It's also so awesome what we've been doing on iTunes, man. When we started this podcast a couple months ago, I didn't think we were going to grow this rapidly, but it's really a shout out to you, the listener, the Rat Pack, uh, you've just been tremendous, and I appreciate that so much. So if you have reviewed the podcast already, I see you. I appreciate you. If you haven't reviewed, well, I still appreciate you, but I would appreciate you even more if you reviewed the show on iTunes. We're at 964. We're so close to 1,000. So freaking close. We're going to celebrate when we get to 1,000. We're celebrating. We're doing it, baby. Uh, so easiest way to do so is if you have an iPhone, open up the podcast app, go to my podcast, The Rant, scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and you're done. You can also review it online. You don't even need to listen on Apple to, to review it on Apple, okay? You don't even need to listen there to review it. All right, at Jeff Rackliff on Twitter, at Jeff Rackliff on Instagram, hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're listening to the show. A lot of great trade talk on Twitter right now, so I threw a couple interesting thoughts about vetoes out there. Polarizing topic, I know. But anyway, that's on Twitter right now. All right, tomorrow, matchups for the remaining games on the slate. I will catch you then. I'm Jeff Rackliff, and I'm out of here.